This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to Accelerating Government with Act IAC on Federal News Network. Now your host, Dave Winogren. Welcome to another episode of Accelerating Government. For over 40 years, the American Council for Technology and Industry Advisory Council has served a unique position in the federal marketplace as a nonprofit whose purpose is to bring together government and industry leaders to accelerate government mission outcomes through collaboration, leadership, and education. Our focus today is on the crucial topic of customer experience, and I'm delighted to be joined by Martha Doris, the founder of Doris Consulting International and former Deputy Associate Administrator for Citizen Services at the General Services Administration, a longtime friend and colleagues of mine. Martha, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you on as a guest. Thank you, Dave. It's nice to see you. Absolutely. Ken Corbin is the Chief Taxpayer Experience Officer at the Internal Revenue Service and the Government Chair of ACT-IX-CX Summit. Welcome to the show, Ken. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. And last but certainly not least, Angie Peterson is Vice President at Granicus and the Industry Chair of the ACT-IX-CX Summit. Welcome to the show, Angie. Thank you so much, Dave. Pleasure to be here. The three of you have been true champions for the promise and the power of customer experience work in the government. And CX is certainly a top priority in the federal market. So let's get to it. We'll start by having each of you share a little about your current job and organization, what you're working on, and some of the issues that are top of mind for you and your teams. Martha, let's start with you. You have been a champion for CX for so long, both during your time at GSA and now in the private sector. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world. Thanks, Dave. Um, There's a ton of stuff going on in my world right now because, um, of course, with the president's management agenda and the customer experience executive order, 21st century idea and Section 280 of A11, there's a lot of focus in government and industry on improving the lives of Americans through transformed government services. So as you mentioned at GSA, that's what I focused on. So when I retired about seven years ago, that's what I wanted my my focus to be. So I do things like I have a podcast called the CX Tipping Point. I have a newsletter that goes out every month. And we are, through the Public Service Leadership Academy, recognizing over 200 people in the Service to the Citizen Awards this year. So all of those were based on where I saw gaps in the focus and attention around networking, best practices, recognition of people in the Uh, service delivery area. So it's been a great ride and it's a big journey that I'm still on and looking forward to the next phase. You mentioned briefly the Service to the Citizen Awards. Um, That's a project that you've been a champion for since their inception and they were recently given out on September 16th. So can you tell us a little bit more about that program? Sure. You know, when I began this, this is our fifth year, we really looked at where there were real results in improving experiences to the public, to other government agencies, to employees, because customer experience isn't just about the person who picks up the phone or the person who does the website. It's about the person who puts the contract in place to buy contact centers or the person who drives the strategy, um, like in Ken's office with the taxpayer experience strategy. It's about the people at the top, but it goes all the way down to the bottom and customer experience really touches everybody in the agencies. So this was a way to bring heightened awareness to customer experience and the delivery of service, uh, government services to the public. It is a really august award, and I'm delighted to be able to come and watch it all happen. And the audience can learn more about it. We'll tell them how. 
Uh, Ken, let's turn to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your role as Chief Taxpayer Experience Officer at the IRS? What are you working on and what are some of the issues that are top of mind for you? So I'd be happy to. So in uh, 2021, I assumed the role as the first ever Chief Taxpayer Experience Officer here at the IRS. One of my goals as your Chief Taxpayer Experience Officer is to ensure the views and experiences of taxpayers, their professional representatives are factored into all aspects of Internal Revenue Service operations. And while taxpayer service has always been a priority for the IRS, uh, we recognize we can do more. Every taxpayer, every taxpayer interaction is important, and we believe that the establishment of the Taxpayer Experience Office will make a significant difference going forward. Part of our job is to bring connection to those who we serve in the uh, federal sector and really build those bridges so that we are able to expand choice and access for citizens when they come in and need our help. There are six key things we're working on. Uh, We call it our Taxpayer Experience Roadmap. Some of the things we're working on is expanded digital services, the ability to improve and enhance the use of self-service digital channels through a suite of online services provided to taxpayers. Our second area is a seamless experience. So I talked about that building connections uh, and making sure that as we create resources available for taxpayers that they are in the channels that's preferred uh, by the taxpayers. The third area that we're really focused on is proactive outreach and education. You know, it's so important with tax laws being so complex and taxpayers wanting to choose where they get their services, that we have an ongoing method to provide information on agency services in the preferred language to ensure taxpayers understand and can meet their responsibilities. Uh, And then tying it up neatly on our areas of focus is establishing that community of partners, working with, you know, Martha and others here, you know, to make sure that we are able to do that. Uh, And then we have a focus strategy, though, on underserved communities. Uh, And that's establishing consolidated uh, programs intended to engage and assist underserved communities to foster and improve communications, transparency, and trust uh, in government. And so I'll just kind of round out that way that the key thing to experience is that foundational trust that the government will do what's in the best interest of the citizens that we serve. Uh, And that's really what uh, we're trying to do here in the Taxpayer Experience Office. The uh, position, I've got to imagine, comes with a lot of significant integration challenges. And uh, but the, or shall we say perhaps opportunities? I wonder maybe you know like working across agency, how's that going? And and what are some of the challenges that you've been able to work through on getting the different parts of the organization to recognize the importance of this role? So we've had a number of key successes, and you're so right. That integration, that bridge building, that networking is so critical to the delivery of services. So you know we had success in delivering the economic relief payments. We did over $492 million for citizens and taxpayers throughout the pandemic. And it really required a coming together of the uh, Veterans Administration, uh, Social Security Administration, really just building those connections and those bridges so that we could uh, make that happen. Uh, and so from that, we get, you know got a lot of insight, got a lot of learning that we're trying to apply across 
uh, government. But, but you're right. There's a lot of connections we have to build within our agency. We're a pretty hefty-sized uh, uh, agency here with lots of different organizations. And just changing the culture and building those connections comes with a, a tall order. But, but we're up to it. We're excited about the opportunity. Very good. Angie, let's turn to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Granicus and what you're working on, what the team's focused on, and what are some of the issues and opportunities that you see? Sure. Thanks, Dave. Granicus provides customer experience services and technology uh, exclusively for the public sector. We're helping our government customers better reach, inform, serve, and engage you know, people to increase transparency and trust, as Ken's been talking about, right? Um, and we believe in doing that through better customer experiences. Uh, in the federal market, our best-known product is GovDelivery, uh, an email and text messaging technology solution that's well-utilized and loved across the federal government. Uh, I lead our services agency here at Granicus, the Granicus Experience Group, and we um, we work across multiple levels of government. So we have customers in federal, state, and local, uh, and we're helping them with their overall customer experience, helping them to be more human-centered, data-driven, um, in not just their strategies, but in really executing their programs, too. Uh, and right now, you know, we're really working on just amplifying our unique perspective in the CX technology space. Um, we do have a unique perspective on how communications sort of is should be part of the operations of programs and how it's often overlooked. There's a lot out there about um, voice of the customer, collecting feedback, measuring satisfaction, all those kinds of things. But then there's a lot about kind of like the before and the after and the in-between of the services too. And, you know, while there is certainly this move to accelerate and improve experiences and accelerate innovation, we still need to talk about, you know, channel shifting people and bringing them along and really guiding their journey and really helping to manage their expectations. You know, and when you're waiting for something, whether that's an application or, or a claims or um, any kind of process, regardless of whether you're trying to do that with a government agency or in private sector even, right? A little communication goes a long way to help people really, you know, build trust um, and really kind of understand where their needs are and where their applications are as things kind of move through um, the systems of government. Excellent. We are talking with Martha Doris, founder of Doris Consulting International, Ken Corbin, the Chief Taxpayer Experience Officer at the IRS, and Angie Peterson, Vice President at Granicus. We're going to take a short break now. I'm Dave Wendergren, and you're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC. I'm Dave Wendergren, and on today's episode, we're joined by customer experience thought leaders Martha Doris, the founder of Doris Consulting International and former Deputy Associate Administrator for Citizen Services at GSA, Ken Corbin, the Chief Taxpayer Experience Officer at the IRS and the Government Chair of the ACT-IAC-CX Summit that's coming up in November, and Angie Peterson, Vice President at Granicus and Industry Chair of ACT-IAC-CX Summit. When we went to break, we were talking about some of the interesting things that are going on in the market, and I think it's probably worth just a couple of minutes to talk about 
this thing that we all share, this passion for the power of customer experience to improve the ways that we live, work, and play. And so let's start with you again, Martha. Why is CX such an important imperative today? And what should the audience know about the key tenets of CX and improving the customer experience to sort of help baseline them for the rest of the conversation? It's a great place to start. And I think the just to lay a little bit of foundation to just expand on what is CX, right? We all throw, and and companies and agencies throw the term CX around a lot, but they finally, they pulled together these definitions in the recent release of A11 and the executive order around the perception that customers have of the organization through any interactions they have with people, products, solutions, you know, technology. So anytime your customer interacts with you, that is a chance to Um, set the perception of the way that they think about you and your organization. So thinking of that, I think, you know, Ken talked a little bit about, and Angie as well, talked about trust. You know, the industry's talked about loyalty and revenue, and those are important in the government, although people don't make the leap as much as we can. But the trust and trusting that you're doing what's best for them is really critically important. And on top of that, it's more efficient. Uh, you know, it improves employee experience and the employee engagement. It really improves the lives of Americans in the way that they run their lives and make decisions in their lives. And then Ken mentioned this as well around reaching underserved communities. So customer experience really hits on, you know, reaching these communities that have been overlooked for a long period of time. COVID really, really demonstrated to us how customer, all of the strategies, disciplines, practices of customer experience really can be leveraged for both customers, the public, and for employees. So it's about delivering on the mission. It's not something that should be laid on top of what you're doing. It's just the way that you you accomplish that mission by making people aware of the services, right? Like Angie talked about, or as Ken talked about, communicating. And customer experience does involve people, process, and technology, but it includes all three, not just one or the others. Well, let Angie pile on next. Angie, you mentioned, of course, earlier the importance of human-centered design. I have to say, you know, as both a consumer of government services and a former longtime government employee, I'm grateful to see the emphasis being put on, on this topic. So what are some of the points you'd like the audience to think about in terms of the imperative for customer experience? Well, I'll just add a little bit to what Martha was saying based around trust. And, you know, fundamentally, that's what customer experience should help measure uh, for government is that increased in trust, right? But, you know, I think what we don't always make that connection is that trust can really be built through transparency. Um, And then, you know, I think transparency can really be built through meaningful communication, right? Which really does come down to that human centricity, understanding where people are, what channels they prefer to be um, engaged with, some of the underserved communities, it's really understanding, like, would they prefer text message? Do they maybe need to be able to come in person? Do they need around the clock access? Like, what are the different kinds of barriers that we could be thinking about how to better reach them through communications? There's text notices, there's confirmations. Um, Martha and I have talked before about the glorious uh, Domino's (laughs) tracker, the Domino's app, and how you can have this wonderful sort of update of exactly where your pizza is in the process Um, and there's in the process of being delivered. And there's a lot that can be applied there to government services and having that kind of communication and updates about where your application or your claim or your service is, you know, in that process. Right. So 
there's all kinds of references in the in our day-to-day lives at this point of people moving through journeys and through processes where there's signage and roadmaps and indicators along the way. And I think that that is one of um, the keys that is really an opportunity um, that isn't necessarily like a huge modernization effort, but it is a is a way to layer in some thoughtfulness and consideration for the pain points that people might be experiencing um, by adding some more proactive, personalized kinds of communication along the way to kind of guide that journey and help them feel that government understands that what they're going through. Um, and again, that leads back to that trust that I think everyone's trying to achieve. I, I was delighted to see you bring up this idea about transparency to help build trust. It's a topic that I know we've all cared a lot about. And I encourage our audience, the book's a little older now, but the Stephen M. R. Covey Jr. book about the speed of trust is still an important read, I think, for both industry and government, anybody involved in large organizations and thinking about the price that we pay for operating in low trust environments as opposed to high trust environments. Ken, we're going to let you bat clean up on the imperative question and uh, and ask you what, you what you'd like to add on to what Martha and Angie already talked about. So, Dave, I'm just going to bring it home based on what Angie and Martha already said, and I'm going to draw it around this point. The Internal Revenue Service collects $4.1 trillion in gross revenue per year, $4.1 trillion. And that represents 96% of the gross revenue that supports the operations of the United States government. And Martha and Angie were spot on when you think about experience and you look at, you know, companies look at revenue and loyalty and trust. You know, it's critically important that in our tax system that our taxpayers trust us to apply the laws fairly and equitably. And it's critically important that all Americans receive a lifetime of supportive, seamless, and positive experiences with their government. Every interaction between federal government and the public is an opportunity to demonstrate the government understands and is meeting their needs. So for an individual, this means less time in a government office or on a phone with a help desk or more digestible information to support a decision. And collectively, throughout a lifetime of interacting with different agencies, these moments are powerful opportunities to show citizens that their government works, improving the public's trust in government happens transaction by transaction, and we need to be sure that we're taking steps to do that. CX is more important than ever as expectations have drastically changed and raised the bar for customer interaction, and Angie is so spot on when she talks about finding ways to communicate that and to listen. Communication is more than just the output of information, but it's ways for citizens and taxpayers to be able to interact. And so it does come down to increased trust in government for mission success, choice and access, and finding ways for customers to get the information they need, either on our website or interact uh, with us online through their phone or make an appointment, or getting that text interaction to know my appointment at a walk-in center is scheduled for this day. Or can I use the IRS to go app to get more information about my refund or find a volunteer income tax uh, center to help with taxes? It, CX is not about customer service, but the whole experience of interaction. 
and the ways that people interact and how we communicate and listen to what it is that they are trying to tell us. Very good. Thank you, Ken, for that. We're talking with Martha Doris, founder of Doris Consulting International, Ken Corbin, the Chief Taxpayer Experience Officer at the IRS, and Angie Peterson, Vice President at Granicus. We'll take a short break now. I'm Dave Weinergren, and you're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACTIAC on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC. I'm Dave Wenergren, and on today's episode, we're discussing the customer experience imperative in government and with some outstanding executives. We're joined today by Martha Doris, founder of Doris Consulting International and the former Deputy Associate Administrator for Citizen Services at GSA. Ken Corbin, who's the Chief Taxpayer Experience Officer at the IRS and the government chair of this year's ACT-IAC-CX Summit. And Angie Peterson, who's vice president at Granicus and the industry chair for ACT-IXCX Summit. We were talking about the imperative for customer experiences. We went to break, and I'll come back to you, Ken, to do a follow-up. The Office of Management and Budget recently released its federal IT operating plan. One of the key tenants in that plan is digital-first customer experience. And, uh, and I think it's probably worth talking about that a little bit, about what are some of the actions that will need to be taken to implement this vision and the important connection that takes place between digital transformation work and engaging the customer. Over to you, Ken. You know, I think that this is spot on to uh, talk about digital first customer experience, because a lot of those who we serve have access to uh, a device, a smartphone, a computer, a laptop. And for those who may not have their own personal tablet or smartphone, they have a lot of advocacy groups and nonprofit groups that have that equipment available to them and can do a facilitated session to help those who don't have their own equipment receive and get information and the services that they need. And so, you know, I think thinking about digital first customer experience, you know, there used to be a time when on an annual basis the IRS would mail out to you know, millions of taxpayers, a gift of a paper 1040 uh, with an instruction booklet with their own personalized little label on it that taxpayers would then fill out their tax return and mail it back into the IRS. You know, jump ahead uh, so many years, and the digital experience is where things are, are happening. So we have created uh, online accounts for individuals. Uh, that can get a number of services and information about their tax filings available immediately. Uh, one of the things they can get is a tax transcript, which is so important if you are trying to purchase a home or uh, trying to get a loan from uh, financial aid. And just thinking about how we can put more digital content out there of services that people can take, use, uh, and work through. Part of it is also about forms modernization. Uh, you know, as we create different forms and ways that people can get information or send information to the IRS, you know, a digital first method really for us uh, is about making sure that all of our forms are mobile responsive. That means if you pull it up on a tablet or a phone, you're able to see it and it fits your form and you don't have to scroll around and try and figure out where the lines are. So that is a digital first uh, experience that's up there. 
but also thinking about our applications. And so, uh, you know, we introduced the Where's My Refund application many, many, many years ago. Uh, but continuing to upgrade that is a critical part of Digital First. And then, uh, you know, focusing in on what I'm sure uh, Andy will talk about and Martha will talk about, but enhanced digital communications, right? The future sits with online chat, and digital is also on the phone. So if you call us toll-free, uh, you'll be able to talk to uh, a natural language voice bot uh, that will sound and mimic very much so like a human being, but can answer and help you understand your eligibility for different things in the tax space. You know, I think a digital-first customer experience is important uh, and allows us to be able to serve those who may not have access to a digital device or content, and it gives us an ability with the resources that we have to be able to address those underserved communities that may not have access to digital. So this is absolutely the right way to go. Angie, how about you? The uh, new federal IT operating plan and its imperative for digital customer experience, what are your thoughts on that? I just want to add to what Ken said. I do really love the idea of like thinking about, you know, how might we anticipate people's questions better and have a more tailored response to answering those and having those available on all sorts of different channels and options that are best suited to meet people where they are, give them what they need, you know, and for us that is really a effort and the way that we're trying to help our customers think about is really integrating communications and program operations and really thinking of it in three big ways, right? Like education, engagement, and then enrollment. And that could be enrollment into applications, enrollment into claims process, whatever that might be. We're really thinking of in those three big categories because really, you know, what good is a big million dollar, billion dollar modernization if people don't know about it, right? Or they, you know, it's not getting talked about and they don't even sign up for it. What good is the contact center modernization if people don't know when to call or when to actually use the website and the, you know, preferences for those? How many services do you have available on your website? Do people even know that they're there or what the process is to get to them? And, you know, I think we really see that agencies over time have invested in growing their means of communication in this broad way, um, you know, really leveraging out broad communications over newsletters or using advertising and social media to sort of generally build awareness. But there's really an opportunity to invest in having much more personalized and tailored communications in sync with um, all of the services that are available to customers to really tailor based on their needs, their burdens, their preferences, the communications that drives them to use those services that are available online. Angie mentioned the fact that it is indeed a multi-billion dollar modernization effort in front of the federal government. Martha, I know this is a subject that you've cared about for a long time. Why don't, why don't you offer any thoughts you'd like to add on the idea of the digital first customer experience imperative of the new federal IT operating plan? Thanks. I think um, Ken and Angie both covered a lot of good ground. I kind of look at it from digital first but not digital only. And I think Ken connected with that as well. Same with Angie. I do believe, you know, when we think about digital first, we need to think about it. This is where IT modernization, digital services, all kind of integrates and mushes together, right? And you understand your customers so that, you know, from a CX perspective, you know what they want. And 
creating this omni-channel experience where people can conduct their business with the government via their channel of choice uh, and not have to start over when they change channels is I think where we're really going. So that would be on a, a website. It would be on a phone, a chat, social media, anything. And one of the areas that doesn't get talked about very much is the criticality of a good knowledge management system or good information to be able to deliver to the customer so that you can deliver that consistent experience across these channels. When they go on the website, they get the same information that they're going to get if they pick up the phone and call an agent or chat with an, you know, with the chat bot. So that that's an important and it's not a very sexy thing. And it's a, it's hard work because you're going through and like building those knowledge articles. So I think that that's all an important thing. I also think that this really brings together also the need for collaboration across the C-suite so that CIOs um, are working closely with their chief customer officers within an agency and within the programs to be sure that they're delivering the services um, that people want in the way they want them. So I think it's a great, you know, we're, like I said, we're in a perfect storm. We've got the federal CIO putting out a federal IT operating plan that includes customer experience to build on all of the other work that's been done in this kind of GovCX policy framework. So we're in a, in a good place and it's definitely the least expensive, quickest way to serve people 24 by seven is to go with the digital first. We've got about a minute or two left before we need to take a break. We're going to do a lightning round. We spent too much time in this town criticizing what's not going well and not celebrating successes enough. So I'm going to start with Angie. I'm asking each of you, can you identify maybe one trend or one success that you're seeing in the federal market in this space that should give our audience hope? Angie. I'll say we have seen a lot of customers, you know, I've talked a little bit about growing audiences and having subscribers, but we are seeing more and more really understand the imperative of personalizing, of using data to personalize and embracing like how to actually kind of collect a unified picture of data that then leads to an ability to start personalizing, whether that's communications, whether that's content on a website, whether that's um, whatever kind of delivery mechanism, there's a need and an understanding. And we're seeing more and more of our customers are really like ready to do the hard work and dive in and get there. All right, Martha, lightning round to you. What's the success that you're seeing? I know Ken's not going to sit there and brag about what he's done at the IRS. So I'm going to do a little bit of that for him. So when people think of the IRS, you know, we all, you know, we all know that there's a backlog of amended returns that we're waiting, we're all waiting for. But, you know, when you know that there are thousands of people at the IRS working the best they can to, to be able to serve taxpayers so that we know that they're doing what's best for us, but things like, the focus on employee experience, the focus on multiple languages in the and the underserved communities, the the many many tools that that they've created over time over the past you know five or six years to actually allow people to either get services you know through apps or online, as well as now in the contact center having callback feature. Lightning round for you, Ken. What's something you're seeing that you're happy about in the market? Oh, I'm seeing so many things in, in federal government. One thing that I think is really hitting home well for everyone is the recognition that uh, our country is diverse because diversity is so important. And our country now in our digital space on IRS.gov and many of the federal websites are providing uh, tools in different languages to serve all of our customers in the diverse community that we have. So proud of that. I'll highlight one thing that was just eye-opening for me 
uh, was that our media team uh, recently produced some forms in Spanish Braille, which I'd never connected wow. providing uh, services, not only in a different language, but a different format just to meet the diverse customer needs. So I think that is just a real recognition of the diversity of our wonderful country. Wonderful point. And on that, we'll take a short break. When we return, we'll have more with Martha Doris, founder of Doris Consulting International, Ken Corbin, the Chief Taxpayer Experience Officer of the IRS, and Angie Peterson, Vice President at Granicus. I'm Dave Wendergren, and you're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. I'm Dave Wendergren, and we're talking with Martha Doris, founder of DCI, Ken Corbin from the IRS, and chair of the government chair of the ACT-IAC-CX Summit, and Angie Peterson from Granicus, who's the industry chair of the ACT-IAC-CX Summit. The ACT-IAC-CX Summit is coming up on November 15th. You won't want to miss it. We were talking about digital first customer experience in our last segment, though, and so I should also do a shout out that... Uh, the whole federal IT operating plan will be a feature of ACT-IAC's Imagination ELC conference, which is coming up October 23rd, 25th in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where, amongst others, we'll have Robin Carnahan, the GSA administrator, and Claire Martirana, the federal CIO, talking about that very subject. So if you want to learn more, there's a couple of events coming up. Speaking of that, we'll start with you, Ken, as the government chair this year. Despite your busy day job, you still have consistently made time to engage with other government industry leaders. Why is that so important? And tell us a little bit about what you're excited about, about this year's ACT-IAC-CX Summit. So I am so excited about the summit this year. And it's in person. And I encourage all listeners, if you have not registered, please do. Uh, It's going to be a true journey. Uh, That's how I look at the summit. It'll take you from the journey of the beginning of customer experience to all the innovation and imagination uh, that is available out there for both government and for industry. And that, to me, is really what's so exciting about it. In order for government to continue to uh, prosper or to continue to serve, uh, we have to be innovative and we have to be imaginative. And the best way for us to be able to do that is to connect together. And by learning uh, where all of us are, all in government and industry, we're in different spaces in our CX journey. And so the goal of the summit really is to uh, take that journey together. We hope that uh, attendees will learn some new things and uh, walk away with some ideas that will inspire them for their agency uh, and really to bring our industry and government partners together. So absolutely encourage you all if you are not attending please please do uh you'll get to see us live and in person and there's nothing better than that so we're really looking forward to it it is awesome to be able to return to in-person events there's just the serendipity of conversation that doesn't take place when everything's just online despite the fact that the online experience has done so much to connect us even more broadly across the nation and the world uh angie i'm going to ask you the same question as our industry chair this year busy corporate executive for the industry members of our audience. Why is it important to give back time to this idea about good government and partnering with other industry leaders and government leaders? And what are you excited about, about the upcoming ACT-IXCX Summit? Gosh, I'm excited. I'm honestly a little inspired by Ken's last point before the break about the diversity of our country. And, you know, really that's what's so exciting about customer experience for government. And it's what separates it from private sector CX, right? Like, 
Ken has to find a way to reach every member of our of our country, every single person, right? The whole community, the whole country. And there are such a diverse set of needs. Um, and it's that scale and that that imperative that I think is really exciting. And it's really about like this huge, huge process. But in that same way of being able to reach everyone and be able to serve based on their unique needs, there's also a, a theme that we've been talking about in the planning and thinking about for, for the summit around how CX isn't just something that sits um, in the taxpayer experience office, right? It isn't just for the CXOs. It's really something that affects every part of an agency. It is truly a collaborative effort, right? So um, the HR needs to be brought in. The Chicos need to be brought in. We need to be thinking about it from a technology perspective, a data perspective, the program offices. Everyone who's working in government really is part of improving the customer experience. As Martha said earlier, it really is part of the mission delivery. So having this um, forum that is really meant to, yes, talk about the successes and talk about how, you know, CX is moving forward and, and advancing is also really meant to be that collaborative space where people are coming together, sharing what's working and really thinking about this customer experience from a much wider lens than, um, than maybe just an experience officer. Martha, you have been a longtime champion for this event. And, uh, and, and so I want to ask you also, what makes you excited about this year's event and also the imperative for beyond even just attending the event in November, the importance of this government industry dialogue to move the ball forward? Well, thanks, Dave. Uh, you know, I've been involved with ACT-IAC since I was in my middle 20s, and I won't compute how many decades that is. Well, and I failed to introduce you because you, I could have done so many things, but of course, Martha is a former president of the American Council for Technology. And so she has proven with her efforts to put her money where her mouth is in terms of walking the walk. Well, I had, you know, a mentor in government that was involved in, in ACT-IAC, you know, for years. So I, I was brought into it at a very young age and, you know, having the, a safe place for government and industry to talk, communicate, solve problems, share is, is always been a really important thing for me. We got ACT-IAC to embrace customer experience as a priority area um, about seven years ago. And this is the, my seventh CX summit that I've been involved in. And now I'm, you know, proud to be partnering with ACT-IAC to bring, you know, CX, the CX summit to the next level. And every year we, you know, we strive to um, you know, make it better and better and involve more and more people. And so this year, it's really just amazing because everything that that Ken and Angie have said, and, you know, the fact that we do have this CX framework that we're, that we have to hang our hats on right now, and this summit will help operationalize it for everybody because there's so much involved in it. It's complicated, but yet it's simple, you know, and it does touch everybody in in the agency. So I think overall, the public deserves a 21st century experience. And this is just one other step that we are all taking to educate, inform, teach, train people how to take the government um, to the next level in, in uh, you know, delivering on their mission. Well, I want to thank you, Martha, for your partnership on the CX Summit, ACT-IAC. And I personally am very grateful for all that you have done and all that you continue to do. Your thought leadership, your commitment, your dedication, your passion and excitement and enthusiasm is part of what makes the program so great and a sellout crowd every year, as it were. We are almost out of time, but we still have a couple of minutes left. And so I'm going to do another lightning round with you. I'm going to ask you each, 
you know, we talked about successes a little bit earlier, but this change is not easy. And so there are challenges that we face ahead of us. And so I'm wondering if maybe like 30 seconds each, you could tell me a challenge that we face in doing this customer experience work in government and what might we do to address that challenge. And uh, in no particular order, we'll start with Ken. All right. You know, I think a challenge with experience that we're facing are a couple of fronts. One is what I'll describe as data integration. You know, good government is about making sure that the information that each of the federal departments or agency has is compatible and that we can share information as much as we can to protect the privacy of the flows we serve and to make sure that we aren't asking our customers to give information more than once to government. Uh, and so I think just the data integration is a challenge uh, that we need to overcome and find a way to not only protect data from, you know, that we have within government, but find better ways to share it so that we can ensure that we are providing those services that uh, the citizens are entitled to as quickly and as efficiently as we possibly can. So data integration would be the one I'd call out. Angie, what's the challenge that you see? Man, Ken stole my answer. I was going to say data too. <laughs> but not just from not just from within. I think it's a challenge from within a single agency. And then as we work toward the ultimate goal of um, really unifying agencies around life events, how do we get IRS and SSA and um, CMS really comfortable sharing data together? And more importantly, the public comfortable with that data being shared. Um, again, I think some of that comes down to you know the transparency and the trust and being very clear about what data is being collected for what purpose. Um, and ultimately, if it's delivering on improved experiences and you know making that an easier more intuitive process for the public then i think there will be an appetite for that for that sharing of data but that's a it's a big mountain to climb and there's a lot there's a lot of collaboration needed to do, to get to that martha we're going to give you the last word in about 30 seconds we have left challenge and opportunity my, my concern is making this sustainable across administrations so i think that we we need to have legislation to bring a lot of the components of this policy framework um, in place so that we can ensure that this is continued um, from now on. Martha Doris, Ken Corbin, Angie Peterson, thank you all so much for your leadership and customer experience and for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about ACT-IAC CX Summit, which takes place on Tuesday, November 15th, check out the Federal News Network website or go to our website, www.actiac.org. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm Dave Wenergren. You've been listening to Accelerating Government brought to you by ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. Take care. Thanks for listening to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your podcast feed. Search for Accelerating Government on Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts.